0: it's the fantasy football card quest podcast baby week ones in the book andy are you kidding me the sales are through the roof right now some players their prices went up some players their prices went down what is your major takeaway andy just off the start from week one, as far as the card sales market.
1: Uh, A ton of demand around quarterbacks. Um, Let's take the, the newly LASIK surgery, Jameis Winston, who can now see the receivers on on the field, 90% completion percentage. uh, And he had hundreds of rookie card sales pop off on Sunday after that performance. Yeah, Jameis was big, and not only Jameis, the newcomers
0: as well. The five rookie quarterbacks, and it's very fascinating that right before week one started, the Donruss product had hit the shelf, the players in their pro uniforms, and we've already seen that the base card prices for the Donruss rookies are already pretty high Look, I sold my Justin Herbert, Donruss base rookie this past weekend for like twenty five dollars. Right now, Trevor Lawrence prices or and Zach Wilson prices for those cards are probably you know around the same, depending on when you sell it. It's it's wild, Andy, that even though the, the card market is matured and people know way more about this stuff now. They still want to buy it. They still want it now because it's the newest product out.
1: Yeah, it's the newest product out. These are also the newest players out, you know, to take the field. And uh, as we saw, some of them looked pretty good. And you even had all the 2020 uh, rookie quarterbacks, the big names, Burrow, Herbert, Jalen Hurts, and Tua. They all won their games this past weekend. But you look at their base Donruss-rated rookie card it is still in the neighborhood of 20 to $40 on the high end for a Burrow or a Herber. And that's like on a star stock A, on a you know a different economy. You look at eBay and those cards just are, are going for that $20, $30 price range. But you look at these 2021 guys, like I'm looking at Mac Jones right here. I'm looking at Trevor Lawrence right here selling for $70 for a base 2021 Donruss rated rookie because of the scarcity right now, because it's the only real uh, selection, like mainstream selection, the only card with that rated rookie logo in their pro uniform. And so there's a ton of demand around those. But it's just crazy that how much people are paying for it, uh, kind of impulsively, not realizing that, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the year, that value is definitely going to go down.
0: So that's a major takeaway from today, right? Um, you know, I was watching NBC this past weekend, right? So they had the... Sunday Night Football, and whenever that was over, I started watching this show with with Chris Sims, and, you know, guess what the big marquee was? The debut of the five new rookie quarterbacks, right? Because they're the new thing, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're the future of the NFL. Well, three of them, only three of them started, right? Uh, Trey Lance didn't play, and, and, and Justin Fields had a touchdown late. And obviously, you know, those rookie quarterbacks are, you know, Absolutely. I, I like all of them to a certain extent. I'm not as high on Trevor Lawrence as other people, but, you know, my personal opinion doesn't matter. The hype is what matters in the card world. And you were right. Like uh, I, I got to give you a lot of credit. You're right about Jalen hurts. It seems like he was probably the most underrated quarterback in week one. I mean, he dominated and it looked like Devonta Smith looked like it was the right pick there as well. So it it is interesting, Andy, how much week one can dictate a player's prices. Uh, Before we even uh, started recording this, the first thing you brought up was, God, I was looking at Darren Waller's sales. Uh, (laughs) I mean, with the targets, the targets were insane. His story is insane. Uh, High-profile team, the Raiders, and they won in week one, and – you know it's interesting because as a buyer, as an investor, and even as a seller, you have to understand how these hype cycles work.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very true. The hype cycle is real. I mean, I saw a thirty percent increase in Jalen Hurts Starstock, a Prism, a stock on Starstock, In and all off season he was the lowest uh, hanging fruit of all the twenty twenty starting rookie quarterbacks. And um, yeah, very happy about all the investments I've made in him this offseason. But but this hype going back to this hype cycle is absolutely true. Like it, right now, if I were looking at to, to buy Darren Waller rookie cards, I would be paying a premium. I'd be paying, you know, 50 to some cases, 100 percent more than what I could have potentially bought that card for yesterday. And it's hard to refrain because I'm like, Darren Waller gets 19 targets yesterday. He's on a historic rate this season to break tight end records, you know, and, uh, I want a piece of that and I don't have enough, uh, Darren Waller rookie cards. And it's like, do I bite the bullet and spend a hundred dollars on a, uh, a prism autographed Darren Waller card when I could have got one last week for, you know, $30 or $40, somewhere in that range, you know?
0: And then it leads us to, to me, The biggest card story of the week, okay? And no one's really talking about it, and and this is just me, right? Because what what I like to do, Andy, is even though I don't spend a whole lot on cards, I think of myself as someone, what would I be reacting to if I made so-and-so purchase, right? And what we were talking about at the end of last week's episode, or it could have been the week before, uh, still... You and I were sharing some skepticism about Josh Allen prices. It's not that he's not good, right? I think he's going to be fantastic. He played a really good defense in week one, and T.J. Watt was absolutely fantastic. However, it was a little crazy how high some of his PRISM-based PSA 10 purchases were. And Andy, you look at this stuff every day. And it was fascinating this offseason how his prices began to float towards $1,000 for a base PSA 10. Not a numbered, not an auto. It was, you have to admit, it was floating around that $900 price. Here's my big takeaway, because I've never been in that position before where I bought a base PSA 10 for that much money for a non-Legend player, for a non-MVP player, for a non-Super Bowl player. I shared my concern about that. It is just one week. But let's just say you're one of those people and you're listening to this right now, and you did that. You bought the billet. You you, you bought it to the hype, and you bought the card when it was up to that price. Well, guess what? You can't panic right now. You cannot panic because – you believed in that purchase at that time. So it's not the time to just sell all your Josh Allen's just because of one week. This is why in these opening podcast episodes, we're telling you to calm down, okay? Don't get too carried away because if you do, guess what happens, Andy? It's the same thing when you're at a poker table. It's the same thing when you're in any high-octane environment. You can start spending and selling and making irrational decisions.
1: Yeah. I think we call that going on tilt, right? Right.
0: (laughs) Yes. It can happen. It can happen. I know you think of it as just the card like poker table, but it's also in the sports card market because a thousand dollars is a lot of money for most, uh, for most of us. Well, I I know it is for you and I, Andy, but it's a lot of money for most people watching and listening to this. And once again, his prices are still going to be fine. I'm not thinking anyone is fire selling or panicking about Josh Allen right now or anything like that, but understand that you can't overreact just to one bad week of production.
1: Yeah. And right now I am routinely seeing auctions go under market value. Um, and so if, if you are selling, you do want to go ahead and list that for sale. Do not. I cannot stress this enough right now. Don't put it in an auction. I've talked to guys that are selling thousands of football cards on a monthly basis right now and they are focusing on buy it nows because there's so many auctions that are going under market value, which is great for buying. Like if you're buying, target those auctions, you know, get your max bid in, follow those auctions, get your max bid in and and let it ride but if you're selling focus on the buy it now because what that's going to do is enable you to set your price and then when that player does have a good performance the hype factor goes through the roof again for that player people are going to go onto ebay and they're going to look to buy it right then and there they want that instant gratification they want to be they don't want to have to wait for an auction they want to capitalize they feel like they're capitalizing they're they're being impulsive and they want to get that instant gratification. So those buy it nows for sellers are where it's at right now on eBay.
0: Yeah. And we discussed this on your, your, our, our personal sleeper draft. And by the way, if you want to be a part of fantasy drafts and all the cool stuff that's going on at fantasy football card quest, don't forget to sign up for the Patreon. Uh, Andy will link all that information down below, but this is why all of this is very important, right? Because guess what? I've been experimenting this off season with selling with some of the stuff that I've had. And I did a bunch of eBay auctions. I did a bunch of 99 cent, no reserve, let it ride. we were talking about this with a uh, Matthew Viscovi. who's a loyal card quest member. And, and guess what? Some cards did really well. Okay. Some cards went up. Some didn't sell for as much as I would have liked as well. And I experimented with a few different auction ideas, and something very fascinating happened last night, okay? And you were on the live stream with Ziggy know. Uh, I listed a Brian Edwards red prism cracked ice card, right? And what happened was I ended the Brian Edwards auction at 10.30 central time. What happened at 10.35 Central Time was Brian Edwards made the two huge catches to send the game into overtime, and then soon after that, he caught almost the game-winning touchdown. So what happened? Well, my auction ended a few—I listed the Brian Edwards car for it to end on Monday Night Football, but I put it at what I thought the end of the game would have been, which is like roughly— 1030 Central, right? And he made those plays. His first few catches right after the auction ended. Now, would the card have still sold? Well, it only sold for $7, right? What I should have done in that situation was I didn't need $7. I wasn't dying for $7. Andy, I think you would agree the better option would have been for me to list it as a buy it now for. and allow offers to be made. I could have at least gotten $15 or $20 out of it, which is probably, you know, that's a 100, 200% increase right there, could have been. So, you know, I've learned the hard way on a few of these eBay auctions. It's not a bad move to to do it if you're just trying to get product out, if you're just trying to get some cash influx to make sure it sells. But if you're not in a position where you absolutely need the money at the time and you know that it's not going to auction for a super high price, that it is probably better to just list it as buy it now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a great strategy because yeah, yeah the auction is going to force a sale, but the chances of that going under market value or capitalizing on a on a spike because of hype like like brian edwards blowing up at the end of that game there I had a quiet all game then blew up and uh, i went on after the game and was looking at sales you, you sold it was an optic hollow right no it was it was
0: a brian edwards prism cracked red heist rookie
1: okay the cracked uh the red cracked ice rookie yeah no. so not necessarily color match but still a short print card that's a real i like those red cracked ice um yeah, I'd be interested to see what those were selling for after the game in a buy-it-now format, but I guarantee you, you know, just understanding what a short print 2020 20 prism card kind of goes for at an elevated hype level for an NFL player, somewhere in that $15 to $25 neighborhood, you know, when they pop off and depending on how good they are and and if that card were color matched, like if that was a, uh, I would say like a blue cracked ice or a uh, a Uh, even like a purple cracked ice for, for him and maybe gone even higher. Um, but, uh, yeah, I definitely think you would have gotten a lot. You probably would have doubled your money if it was a buy it now versus that auction.
0: Yeah. And this, what's leads us to our most important topic of the day. Okay. week ones in the rear view mirror, um, for, from your vantage point, Andy, you know, you not only focus on your sales, you focus on everybody's sales, Uh, We talked about the rookie quarterbacks. One big takeaway you did have, though, was week one also saw some position players uh, where their prices went kind of good, kind of bad. Obviously, Darren Waller is an extreme example of it. A special defensive player's prices also made some very interesting moves as well.
1: That's right, man. That's right. Shout out to my guy, uh, Perry Collectibles, Um, He he sold a ton of T.J. Watt rookie cards on Sunday. And so I went and did a little bit of my own homework and found over 100 T.J. Watt short print rookie cards sell on Sunday after he tore apart Josh Allen in that game.
0: Big contract, big-time player, most important, big-time name. The Watt last name has some serious weight. And here's what's very interesting: was JJ Watt played for the Houston Texans, which is a bigger market. Don't get it twisted. But the Pittsburgh Steelers are the number one brand of the NFL, not named the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, you can argue Pittsburgh is on their level. Uh, obviously, not in franchise value, but still, they're they're a top five team when mm-hmm. you look at you know social media and just fandom across the country. And what's interesting was their game was a heavily broadcasted game. Uh, throughout the country. So that's also something that you should look into as well if you are listing an auction to end. How high profile of a game is it going to be, right? Uh, Because that was the biggest game on Sunday. You know, you were looking at two teams. uh, Both coaches were were college teammates. Both teams were, were great last year. Pittsburgh and Buffalo was a heavily watched game, um with high profile quarterbacks, high profile defenses and you know you have to factor that in. You know, I I am hoping Andy that the TJ Watt defensive player thing, I hope defensive players and position players now once again this is going to be a theme on our podcast. We understand quarterbacks run the hobby, they always will. But let's just hope this continues, right? I think the hobby would be so much better if people weren't more interested in buying Jacob Beeson and and Jordan Love, and I know I've made this point before, but it is better when we're actually buying players that actually are good at football. They just don't happen to be quarterbacks. Yeah,
1: yeah, very true. And uh I definitely see the the market picking up. It's it's growing, albeit slowly. But for college athletes, for defensive athletes, for athletes in all positions and skill levels um, or, or I guess uh, professional levels of the, of the game, you know? And so that is exciting, man. That is exciting to see.
0: Man. And it's kind of wild. Like there there was some legends that are skill position guys that had big weeks, you know, Deandre Hopkins. I still think is a very interesting player. Uh, He's got a high profile quarterback, Huge personality, great on social media, all these very important things. I still think there's some fun looking DeAndre Hopkins cards, Prism and Tops that you can go find that 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 would be really cool for your collection. I, I check Planet Fatness all the time to see his new Hopkins
1: uh <laughs> cards.
0: They they are so incredible. They look amazing. And it is interesting. They're still a lot of very legendary future Hall of Fame position players that are playing right, right now. Um, it's interesting. If you're an Alvin Kamara holder, you feel a lot better after what you mm-hmm. saw in week one. Who that nation? Let's go. <laughs> uh, if, 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 because there was a lot of money spent on Kamara last year uh, right. because of how dominant he was. Christian McCaffrey had another big week. And as we talked about him last week, Saquon Barkley seems to be in a really crappy situation. And Andy, uh, Saquon Barkley could be even more talented than Alvin Kamara and, and Christian McCaffrey. He's in a far bigger market than both of those guys. But situation matters. And if Daniel Jones is your quarterback... And Jason Garrett is your offensive coordinator. There's only so long that your hype is your hype and people will begin to sell. So if I was a Saquon Barkley holder, I would kind of be, you know what, in my pants right now, because some of his prison prices were absolutely insane.
1: Yeah, and until they they loosen up the reins on him. I mean, he's not even getting the playing time right now. I right. mean, He saw he saw snaps in the third quarter. But other than that, he was very much restricted and they're they're very much trying to ease him out there onto the field. And then all those other factors you just mentioned, Daniel Jones, Gettleman, uh, Jason Garrett, that just the Giants defense is just bad, just bad. And so, um, yeah, that's going to be a a struggling team this year. It's going to be really hard for Saquon to to put up numbers or or make it that team to make it in the playoffs. You know, that division now looks like, you know, another big takeaway from this week was the injury to Ryan Fitzpatrick. And you and I talked about this Taylor Heinecki's rookie card and his rookie cards jumped off big time there. there, I made a couple nice sales of Taylor Heinecki's on star stock that I had previously invested in just based on what I saw in the playoffs last year. I'm like, if that could happen in the playoffs when he took over for injured Alex Smith. It, it, you know it's it's only makes sense to me to go ahead and handcuff ryan fitzpatrick who is you know getting a little long in the tooth right um uh, right. with with taylor and, and so lo and behold it it happened you know and and uh fitzpatrick's only supposed to be out like three weeks but you know taylor taylor haneke could play so good here in the next couple weeks that they may not put fitzpatrick back in you never know uh what could happen he is he is very athletic. He's flashed some really nice athleticism in the past. And here's
0: the thing about Taylor Heineke: it's time to sell him now, baby. I, oh yeah. I, I I I look. Could he be the next Justin Herbert? Probably not. Uh, I know that he went head to head with Justin Herbert this past weekend, and you know the Washington football team lost. I understand. You know, WFT has a really good chance to win that division this year. Only the Eagles in the Division I this weekend. It looks like it could be another long year for the NFC East, um, You know, especially if Dak gets hurt again. I understand some people are probably selling some some WFT stock right now because of how good Hertz and and, and, and Dak looked. So if you're a Taylor Heineke holder and you bought the hype after the Tom Brady performance, now's the time to sell now that he is for sure the guy. And it is interesting because in our fantasy draft, I actually drafted Taylor Heineke um, in the last round because I thought, you know, yes, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a very decent quarterback, but there was still room for him to go out there and win that job. And he very well could win that job even if, you know, Fitzpatrick comes back. But here's the thing you don't know that. Right now, you don't know that. Uh, And guess what? People that are buying his cards right now don't know that either and you know what and this happened in the basketball card market with Zion Williamson where his prices were astronomical before the season began last year he exceeded expectations in year 2 and guess what his prices dipped so you know sometimes it doesn't matter andy if a player actually does live up to expectations because the hype is just so freaking hot right now for Taylor Heineke, which was still, you know, even when you buy his cards, you understand that you're taking uh, a calculated risk with that. I I would think that now would be the time to cash in not only on him, but potentially a few other quarterbacks. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's another name Mm. that I would be very interested in in selling. If I had some, some Teddy Bridgewater right now, yes, the Broncos look good, but that was the Giants, and they're in a division with, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert and the Raiders who looked okay on Monday night football. So, you know, as far as those two are concerned and a, and a few other guys, I I think selling now would not be the, 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 the worst course of action.
1: Yeah. You know, I've listed my Jalen hurts rookie cards as well. Like I'm oh. looking to capitalize on that initial, initial hype. You know, um, one thing I, I practice and I preach it a lot is not to get greedy. Like if you're looking at a potential double up and especially a double up these days could be a stretch in a lot of cases, depending on how much the initial investment was. Uh, But you got to think I was very early to investing in Jalen hurts, rookie cards, short print rookie cards. So some of them I was able to get for very cheap and I'm looking at double and triple up opportunities right now. So I've got those buy it now listed and I'll, I'll, Hey, I'll take, uh, offers and I'll go ahead and sell them. They could potentially go up, but he could also have a bad run of games. I mean, uh, they've got to have a, they're paying the playing the San Francisco 49ers this weekend. That, that's a very tough defense, difficult matchup. And, um, you know, Hey, I'm going to go ahead and sell on the hype before he kind of, uh, tarnishes his name in any manner. Cause right now he's want to know and looks perfect. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, and, you know, this, this lends us to, you know, our next topic is not only that, you know, uh, you, you look at all these new products that are, are releasing, the market could be completely different than what it is now. You know, a lot of this stuff that we talk about, yes, you know, especially you, Andy, you, you pride yourself on, on looking at this and studying this, and, you know, I look at this stuff pretty regularly myself. And the one thing that you'll learn, and let's like just you say you're listening to this and you're new to it, there's going to be bumps, there's going to be bruises, but things can just get really volatile. Uh, there, there's all these, there's such an unpredictableness about what could potentially happen with all of this. So that's why you know you hear us say, you know, sell the hype, buy the dips, do what you can, uh, because you know it's it's. It's hard to predict what all of this can look like five weeks from now, 10 weeks from now, at the end of the season. So keep that in mind, especially you know when Prism gets released. This is something very important, and it goes back to what you led today's episode with, the five rookie quarterbacks. So when Prism gets released, when Mosaic gets released, if we know that people are buying products that they know are overpriced right now, the Trevor Lawrence-based Donruss. He had a horrible week. He looked awful, right? He had bad interceptions against a bad team with a coach who we don't even know wants to be there, Urban Meyer, because uh, the USC job is open, and potentially my LSU job it might be open at the end of the season. Would he bolt again? I mean, the Jaguars are a complete mess right now. Even with that said, people are still buying Trevor Lawrence. And guess what's going to happen, Andy, when Mosaic gets released. When Prism gets released, people are still going to buy those cards, and that's where that money is going to go now. So, if you are sitting there with the, you know, Jalen Hurts or Justin Herbert or all or any of that, understand that there's only, you know, a certain amount of buyers that are out there. And right now, just based on what I've seen on the eBay sales, and based on what you've seen on Starstock, it seems right now, Andy, that it is a football cards buyers market for right now is that right are people buying a lot of cards right now
1: the, yeah there is there is a lot of buying going on right now uh, especially on players that have get those big performances that are in the spotlight those big market games uh, especially i i have checked every single after every single one there has been you know, handfuls and handfuls of sales pop off a lot more on eBay, a lot more on eBay than on star stock. And, uh, I'm not really sure about comp it's difficult to pin down the, you know, the daily sales activity on comp other than, you know, looking at eBay and noticing that little comp C logo next to a listing. So, you know, it came from Com C, um, but definitely, definitely a buyer's market in terms of auctions. Like, you know, you could buy the dip this week. Like I was Sharing uh, different auctions on Derrick Henry and Julio Jones in the um, in the discord last night because I'm like that people are letting these dip now because they had such a rough week against the Cardinals and um, they underwhelmed. And it's like I would be buying that dip because I think the Tennessee Titans are only going to get better from from here. I definitely think they're going to go back up. And Julio Jones was a target leader. And Tennessee, the timing just wasn't there.
0: Right. And it was Taylor Lewon's first game back, their left tackle, and he was going up against Chandler Jones, who tore him up. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that was just a bad matchup on a bad day. And, the, look, the Cardinals, you know, the NFC West hype was all about the 49ers, and it was all about Russell Wilson, and it was all about uh, the Rams with Matthew Stafford, and the Cardinals are a really talented team. You know, you could argue from top to bottom – uh, their rosters are, are just as good as those other teams, you know, I, I just mentioned. So it, it is very interesting um, as far as prices are, are concerned. I actually still do like the Titans as well. Um, but, yeah, it. it you know, I, I made a pretty nice flip on a Ryan Tannehill card I got for like $8 or whatever. You know, I, I'm still a believer. I, I'm still a believer. In fact, I'm so much of a believer <laughs> for our fantasy football card quest fantasy league my card entry was an aj brown rookie i sent you an aj brown rookie uh Ooh, yesterday nice uh, i i i still love him i still freaking love this guy big personality uh big on social media still very young uh now alongside julio jones is going to i think it's actually going to help his profile uh as far as his stardom is concerned Still a big fan of the Titans.
1: Look. And you saw that that huge contested catch he made in the end zone uh, yesterday. I was like, whew, man, he's and, so good.
0: And here's what's interesting, right? When you look at week one, you see, you know, the AFC South. Okay. Jaguars are bad. Colts didn't look great. Right? So, and the Texans are the Texans, right? <laughs> Titans are still going to be fine. Titans are still going to be fine. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't panic so much. Yes, Arthur Smith is no longer there, their offensive coordinator, but still I, I'm I'm still I would still be buying Titans products, even though I did sell my Ryan Tannehill card. It is what it is, right? I, I still like Julio Jones as a buy. Uh once again, you know, I, I think he still has a lot left in the tank. And he's gonna be a future Hall of Famer. I think uh that's a not so bad investment, especially if we think position players are going to gain value. I, we, we do want to get into a, a couple different topics as far as like week one is concerned. We move on to um, some new news, some new releases such as college cards of current college players. Okay. It's a company named Onyx, O-N-Y-X, um, that, that has released some college products of players in their college uniforms, Uh, So you'll see Bryce Young autographs. He's the quarterback of Alabama. Here's the thing about Bryce Young, though, that makes him very interesting. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, you can see what some of these cards look like. Spencer Rattler is also on there. And, you know, if you were to ask a question, is there any investment opportunities when it comes to these college cards? Well, the answer is we don't know. Because this is the first time we've ever seen college players, current college players in their college uniforms that are currently playing right now. So, why is this the first year? Well, if you're a professional sports fan, you might not be familiar with the name, image, and likeness rule that came with college sports, where now college athletes can profit off their name, image, and likeness. It used to be that. College athletes couldn't sell their autographs, and they couldn't make appearances, and they couldn't make money. They couldn't have a YouTube channel. But, Andy, you and I are monetized on on YouTube with our respective channels. The college athlete couldn't start a YouTube channel and make money off of it. Um, But the NCAA finally came to their senses, and now players can release their own products and sign licensing deals with name, image, and likeness. But here's the fascinating thing, okay? We don't know what Panini's going to do, but Panini actually has the NCAA license, okay? So Panini can release products with the actual college logo. So they could release um, an Alabama card with an Alabama player on it. It just couldn't be a current player. But now they can. Here's the interesting thing, though. Onyx is not a Panini school. So the cards that they're releasing don't have the school logos on the players. So that's that's what you'll see. Is uh, it's not. Don't freak out if you see cards without you know the Alabama logo or the Oklahoma logo on it. It's because Onyx doesn't have that licensing deal, but the players are able to make money off their own name, image, likeness on the cards.
1: Yeah, I think it's cool, man. I think that just shows that there is an increase in demand for college uh, athlete cards, you know, and these are these are very interesting. They're all on card autographs as well. All the, the autographs from Onyx Authenticated. And uh, like you said, they are not a Panini brand. They're not a Topps brand. They're their own company. Um, so it's it's very interesting just a new release obviously they're they're uh, savvy business people and they see a demand for it and so they've created this product and it'll be interesting to see where it goes but um, I think that's uh, that's a good sign
0: yeah and it comes down to if you're a college sports fan right so Bryce Young's a huge college star he's a starting quarterback at Alabama so if you scroll back up and you see these two cards right here or if you're just listening right now this is a major difference between Bryce Young and Spencer Rattler. Okay. These two guys are probably going to be your front runners for the Heisman trophy uh, moving forward. It's that Spencer Rattler is eligible for the NFL draft after this year, and he'll probably enter the NFL draft. Whereas Bryce Young has to play at Alabama for at least two more seasons. He is a red shirt freshman. So, uh, for those – I think most people know this rule. You have to be three years removed from high school in order to enter the NFL draft. So if I had to choose between buying either one of them, uh, I would probably pick Bryce Young because he's got to stay in college for two more seasons, which you know makes for a pretty interesting proposition. I would still lean towards you know not spending too much on college-uniform cards unless things change. But here's what's fascinating, and this is a big difference between you and me, Andy, personally. We're both big football fans. We both love college. We both love NFL. But you're more of an NFL guy, and I'm a little bit more of a college guy. This Mm -hmm. just comes down to how much college sports fans want to get into cards, and how much are college sports fans willing to spend on cards of players in their college uniforms. And Obviously, it's a little too early to, to tell if that's actually going to be a thing,
1: Andy. Let me ask you, are there fantasy leagues just for college athletes?
0: There is. You know, it's interesting. I've never really gotten involved in college sports fantasy, right? And the reason why is because in the NFL, you play NFL teams. So every team in the NFL is decent, Right. Um, it's highly unlikely, but the Texans could potentially uh beat the chiefs or whoever uh, that's just the n f l The talent is more evenly distributed, whereas take Bryce Young this past weekend, week one he played Miami, but week two he played Mercer, okay now Andy, if you were to guess what state the College of Mercer is located, what would you guess?
1: Oh, man. Uh, Mississippi? I have no idea either. <laughs> so that's
0: the point. That's why college fantasy is weird because, you know, there's – you play these rent-to-win games, right? And there's just so many teams. There's over 120 teams. Um, so, yeah, th- there is a college There – there is college fantasy. It is growing slightly. It's just not as big as it is uh, in the NFL. But here's the interesting thing is – People do bet on college sports. It is a huge brand. It is the second biggest sport as far as viewership is concerned on a per game basis that we have in America, Um, which is crazy to think about knowing how big the NBA and the, the MLB is. So once again, you could say all those things. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to transfer over into the card market. And, Andy, this is why I, I would be skeptical.
1: Whoops. We just lost Carter. I'm trying to guess on why he would be skeptical. There you are, Carter. Yeah,
0: I don't know why I, I, I edited it out. Uh, that's going to be a fun little break. Uh, you should keep that in. You should keep that in the edit. Keep that. Just keep it in there. Let people know that this is a high-level broadcast operation, right? I don't know what happened. Did, did, I, were you hating on me, Andy? Were Were you?
1: I was. I was trying to guess on why you were going to think this is skeptical. Okay, so this. Okay, you want to. You want to know the big reason why I think. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: it's because the college brands are the stars, right? Mm. So in the NFL we have stars, we have huge stars in the NFL, right? So Tom Brady is his own major brand, right? Um, Jerry Rice is his own major brand. No matter, you know, most of both of those guys played with the team for most of their careers, but you know, they, they played for a long time. People got to know them. Whereas in college sports, you can only play at a school for only a few years. And most of the big college sports stars are only superstars for a year or two, right? And then they're off to, obviously, the professional leagues. College sports, the stars are the coaches. The stars are the universities themselves. It's hard to grow really attached to certain athletes. Now, of course, there's some athletes that are superstars at their school. Uh, Take Darren McFadden at Arkansas or whatever. There's very few, though, college athletes that are like, major, major, major brands just throughout, like Bo Jackson at Auburn, Tim Tebow at Florida. It's it's just not the same thing, right? Um, simply because college athletes don't stay that long at schools, whereas Nick Saban is the star of Alabama. Now, Nick Saban has had a ton of really big-time players, whether it be Tua or um, – Derrick Henry, whoever you want to mention, Marlon Humphrey, whoever. It's just the the, the college stardom and, and and the sport itself is just so different. I hope it transfers to cards. I love college uniform cards, even though I tell everyone to sell them when you get them immediately because they're not going to be as much as the pro uniform. But if you love to collect them like I do, collect the LSU cards, collect whichever team. I, I just hope that it does happen. But – There's those reasons that are in there as well, Andy, to, you know, to 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 be just a little skeptical about college cards and not spend too much of it as far as not spend too much money as far as like an investment opportunity is concerned.
1: Yeah, yeah. And if if you do, I would definitely make sure that it's super short print, it's autographed the autographs, the serial numbers hold value really well for a long time. And that's how you kind of get past that. And so if you, hey, if you want to take all those base and, and even like, uh, you know, regular short print, maybe whether it's like a red cracked ice or a gold cracked ice or something like that, or, you know, an optic hollow of the college uniform, sell those and use that to fund your collection of a nice single, like numbered out of 49 autographed color match cards of Jamar Chase, you know, something like that, you know, uh, which by the way, I mean, surprised the hell out of me. Uh, he was a guy that I was saying, uh, p- overrated going into the season. Mm. And I'm um, eating my words. Carter made me eat a, you know, made me eat a uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase soup on Sunday <laughs> after that performance. <laughs>
0: What was interesting, though, about about week one, just going back to that, was the high rated wide receivers that went early all had good weeks. So Devonta Smith scored a touchdown, Jalen Waddle scored, Jamar Chase scored, whereas, you know, Elijah Moore struggled. uh, Rashad Bateman's not out there. So it is very interesting. Once again, it is just one week. Now, You know, before we get out of here, we always like to, we like to, actually, we put it this way, we want to introduce a new segment to the podcast called the Hobby Tip of the Day. This is just a little piece of etiquette that Andy has gained, that I've gained. Once again, there are some true hobby OGs that listen and, and watch us. They know all of this, but if you're new, this is always just a good thing to refresh everyone on, so... The hobby tip of the day, Andy, is a very simple one that I think should be pretty universal. When you buy something, pay for it. But don't only just pay for it. Pay for it as quickly as you possibly can.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think that should be a universal law. It's like when you get into your fantasy league you don't be that guy that that hasn't paid your your league dues, and you're into the third week of the season, and you're at the commissioners having to hunt you down. I've I've been on the end of that. I've also been on the end of being an eBay seller where a guy made me an offer on a buy it now. I accepted it, and then he never paid. I sent him several messages like, "Dude, what what's what's going on here? You know, I'd love to ship this out, but you got to pay." So. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you commit to purchasing something, whether it's through an auction or buy it now, you've got to, you got to pay it right away. I mean, you shouldn't be committing to something if you don't have the money to pay for it or don't actually have the intentions to follow through with that payment, you know,
0: just send it immediately. And look, we all go through personal things. We all go through personal emergencies, right? Um, you know, I, it's, it's tough, right? What if, you know, you you have to go in for an emergency appendectomy or whatever, and you don't have the money to pay for it. Still pay for it. (laughs) Those are rare. Don't use excuses. Uh, This happened last year with Paris Campbell cards when, you know, everybody was buying Paris Campbell and then he tore uh, a ligament and people were canceling their sales. Don't be that person. Buy it. Don't return an item just because a player falls off a cliff and you're within the three five ten day window of returning something when you buy it commit to it and eat the cost okay even if you're on some deep stack sale and it's only like 50 cents if you commit if you say take if you say whatever buy it commit to it move on and 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 Send the payment as quickly as you possibly can, right? Because honestly, you know, the, the seller has to not only accept the payment and worry about if you're going to pay for it or not, they also have to ship it, right? I'm currently in a situation where, you know, I'm, I'm at a Terry McLaurin card that I sold, buyer still hasn't paid. This sold on Sunday night. And, you know, we're, we're close to 48 hours after that. When you buy it, just send the money. it's not It's honestly not that hard, uh, especially if it's you know a lower priced card. I've been seeing this a lot on on eBay, Andy where you know are, are people on Twitter saying, "Hey, this person says, "Well, on Monday, my, my paycheck is going to clear, and it's for like a three dollar card. It's like, really, just send it.
1: Just oh, wow.
0: send the money. It's not hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and it goes both ways, right? I mean, and and we expect sellers to ship right away as well. You know, um, there's nothing worse than being a guy who does pay right away. And then the seller sends you a message. Oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm out of the beach this week, this week with my girlfriend. You (laughs) mind if I ship that to you next week? Kind of, kind of deal. Um, I haven't had that happen to me, but I have had, you know, people sit on, Uh, orders for a week or so and i would just say if you don't want that negative feedback on your uh, reviews whether you're a buyer or seller just process whatever transaction it is immediately and we all do our part and uh, makes the hobby a better place right Uh, it does it
0: does man so
1: it's that time
0: it's a it's that time man you do look I think we touched on everything we, that people would have wanted to hear, right? Week one, absolutely crazy. You sold some cards. I sold some cards. Everyone's happy, right? Well, we all make mistakes. We all do that. But Andy, I think we, I think we got everything we wanted to get to uh, today, right? Any anything else? I, I it, it is interesting that we're still at this point of the year. It seems as if we're in the spot where a new grading company opens every single day. Uh, I see a new, it's every day. It's every single day. And it's always just three letters, HXY, HD 3 nine, 369. It's always a three-letter company, okay? And they use buzzwords like forensic. And they, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, it is what it is as far as like, grading companies are concerned however Andy when you respond to this I do want to shout out card score very interesting new service uh, where they scan your card in a group I believe like 20 people evaluate your card they send you a one touch and they send you a little sticker to put at the top of the one touch uh, what what do you think about all these different grading companies right now, Andy, because I know you just got a huge shipment back from SGC, right?
1: I did. I did, man. I got them right here. I just recorded the reveal and um, the results have been actually was really good, man. Really good. Let's just say out of my order of nine cards that I sent in, I got four tens. And a 9.5. And then the other four weren't bad. But what I did, Carter, was I used an uh, online web app called FGSCards.com. And it's a, uh, a former officer in the military, very sharp guy. It came from a friend of the community recommended. And he has created an algorithm, a deep and machine learning algorithm, that scans the card in in a matter of seconds. So I basically take a picture of the raw card front and back, upload it into their, their web app, and it'll scan it right there for corners, edges, surface, centering, imperfections, and it gives me a grade in the matter of seconds. And so I did this for every single card that I submitted to SGC, and I've got another order back from Pure Graded X, another new uh, alternative custom cool-looking label company Uh, but they definitely don't have that long-standing credibility like an SGC or a PSA or a BGS has. And and that's why those companies have the best resale value. But the FGS card service, I have seen uh, to be very accurate. It is surprisingly very accurate. And I think this is because the more people that use it, it keeps a database. It keeps a database, and I think it learns on itself, I've been talking to their owner a little bit more over email, and I'm looking to get him on my channel uh, one day soon. As I really want to pick his brain about this because these results that I'm seeing uh, from the reveal today are very, very interesting.
0: Wow! Yeah, you are you're, it was pretty accurate. Uh, it, it is interesting, right? Uh, here's the thing: understand that uh, if you're someone that's trying to think about, you know, sending to a newer company, obviously PSA Super Express. If you have a really high-profile card, once again, $200 seems really steep. I wouldn't do it, but, you know, if you pull a one-on-one, then you could talk about whether or not you should grade a one-on-one. You know, it's a different discussion for a different day. But it, it is very interesting, all these new companies, right?
1: Yeah. And um, – oh, go ahead, Carter. No, no,
0: no, no. Go on ahead. You go on ahead.
1: Well, I was just going to say if, if, you know, the $200 for the Super Express – But if you can almost not not completely, but if you can almost guarantee yourself that you're going to get a 10 because of the FGS uh, score or the card score score of the raw card, then it it just makes that decision on whether or not to submit that much more clear for you. You know, because nobody wants to submit a card and it come back as a six or seven or eight, you know, and you're just kind of wasting your money unless you want to just encapsulate it because it's a personal collection item
0: but understand that just because you slab your investments doesn't mean people want it in that slab right just they can have the fanciest label they can have you could like the people that are doing it you could think that their labels are fancier than PSA's labels or you know SGC which is just a basic black and white label right who cares okay old time collectors buyers whatever they only care about certain slabs. That's just how it's going to be until those companies gain you know, more respect in, in the market. I understand some people are very high on HGA. Other people just flat out hate HGA, uh, whether it be inconsistencies or whatever. That's just how it yeah. is. Just because yeah. you want people to respect your slab company that you got with your card doesn't mean that they're going to. So keep that in mind because, look, I like card score. I really do. I like their concept. I like their prices. It's $16 to put in one of their little machines. And I was in a uh, at, at an LCS in Baton Rouge, and I did it, uh, South Paul, whatever. Uh, and you know they were awesome. I enjoyed the machine. I enjoyed that there was someone there that can help me. Now they're sending out small little card score things where you can do it from wherever. And something else is their customer service is great. I messed up the label on one of my Tyron Matthew cards. Okay, you can't really see it right here, but I put I I, I put the sticker on wrong. Guess what? They sent me a brand new thing, and I let my girlfriend do it because she actually has good hands. I let her put it on, and they sent me a, another one touch to put all of it in there. And you know, is this going to be a new new thing? I don't know. There's obviously a lot of questions regarding that. Uh, but I liked it because of the easy use. So I never had to lose my, my card. So there's other things that, that are coming out as far as that con- is concerned. But just because they're new doesn't mean that everyone else is going to care about it. Now, yeah. before, before we get out of here, Andy, it's time for the sharp play of the week. We're already a week into it. Uh, You've given some people with some good advice. Not going to lie, dude. You're one for one as far as big ones are concerned. Last week, you said Jalen Hurts. You couldn't have hit a bigger home run than that one as far as what his prices were before week one and what they are right now. So now the the pressure's on, man, as far as like a tip for a potential player.
1: So this week... I, man, I really, really want to buy in on that pieces of that Tennessee offense before they're, they're playing the Seattle Seahawks this week. Right. right. And yeah. and I, I've got to think that Tannehill, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown are going to perform better than the Indianapolis offense did against Seattle. I mean, they were they they could have been in a shootout against the Seahawks last week. And Carson Wentz, I just don't think has got what it takes to, to be great in the NFL anymore. And I, I think that that offense in Tennessee can definitely hang with Seattle in a shootout at now that they've got their, their, their butts kicked basically. And they're, they're going to be a lot more sharp this weekend. So um, I really want to look add some buy low auctions this week on Tannehill plus you get that first that bonus of the first year prism 2012 prism but uh even more so than that I like Julio Jones I like AJ Brown buying those guys low and going into this week against that Seahawks secondary which is a game that's likely to be a shootout Russell Wilson lit up the Colts last week and I don't see why he's not going to light up the Colts um the uh, Titans this weekend and and the Titans are going to have to keep up, and I think they can. I think they can do it.
0: Keep in mind, this is why I like the Titans a lot and why I'm going to follow up on this. Bad division. It's the worst division in football. Not even close. They're bad, right? I, I, Carson Wentz doesn't scare me. The Jaguars are bad. Houston's bad. And it's a 17-week year. So even if the Titans lose, there's still plenty of time left, even though their schedule is a first-place schedule. Uh, who cares? There's still plenty of time for them to, uh, to figure all of it out. So last week, you know, I, I talked about Eli Manning, and I, I look, and you could still get, you know, some of his PSA 10s. I didn't check to see if his prices went way up after the the Monday night football performance, but I will tell you this, right? I was right about the Eli Manning, Peyton Manning broadcast, right? It was a home run. Now, I understand you were know, you, you, live with, with Ziggy, so you didn't get to really watch it, I watched the whole thing. It's hard for me to sit and watch an entire four-hour broadcast of anything. I was glued. They had Ray Lewis on there, freaking legend. And uh, the stories that Ray Lewis was sharing was crazy. They also had Charles Barkley. They also had Travis Kelsey. And they also had Russell Wilson breaking down what you should do in fourth quarter crunch time understand that that broadcasting duo is only going to get bigger and I still think buying a few Eli Manning cards is, is not a bad thing. you know I think this I think this is a future. I don't, I don't think Eli and Peyton dislike doing this. I think they like what they're doing uh, a whole lot and it's on Monday night. So that's not a weekend. That's not something where, where they're going to be traveling. That Their nephew is a big star, Arch Manning. I was talking about it this past weekend. They could still go watch their nephew play and still have plenty of time to get back to the studio to do their Monday night, whatever. But here's the interesting thing about it, Andy, is they did it from wherever they were. They didn't have to go to the game. They didn't have to do any of that. I just think because it's so easy for them and their chemistry is there – uh, that this Monday Night Football broadcast is going to get even bigger. And when that happens, Eli Manning is going to be an even bigger star than he already is. Peyton Manning cards are already through the roof. It's it's just how it is. He's one of the greatest of all time. I still think Eli Manning prices are, are, are still not bad buys. Now, as far as which card you want to go for, you know that's going to take more research. But I'm still looking at, and we talked about it after the recording, Some Peyton and Eli dual autograph cards. um, What
1: year was that again, Carter? 2004.
0: There's Eli Manning, rookie card, dual autos. Uh, There's some autos where it's them two with Archie's auto on there as well. I just find that very fascinating. I really do. I, I just do simply because of how big that Manning family name is and now they have this. Um it, it's so interesting to me. I I really I really do uh find that to to be very, very interesting. Now as far as my play is concerned, I don't have one. I think, you know, you, you can yeah, you know, I, I hear a lot of podcasts where like at the end they say, uh let me just make up some play for you to go make. I just simply don't. Uh, simply because I think the best thing for you to do is not panic with cards that you've already bought up up to this point, right? Uh, once again, I go back to people that might be panicking about Josh Allen right now because it didn't look good. Heck, he was going up against T.J. Watt. Not a lot of quarterbacks are going to look good against T.J. freaking Watt. Ryan Tannehill didn't look good against Chandler Jones. Bad weeks happened. So I don't really have a play right now, but – I, I, I still stand by the, 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 the Eli Manning thing. I, I still do.
1: Well, I, I will tell you right now, I'm looking at over 20 different individual rookie card sales for Eli Manning yesterday, um, which is actually pretty good. I mean, if you look at it, so his tops and his tops chrome, that's going to be the most iconic, probably the most liquid. It's, it's a very good looking set here. I'll, I'll even share my screen real quick to show the viewers. Um, and this, look at this 2004 Topps Chrome, sold in an auction yesterday for $72. And that's raw, Carter. Raw. Raw. So-, so I feel that that is a very good indication that, yeah, I think slowly but surely Eli Manning's stock is going to continue to go up. You're right. I didn't get to watch it. I, I heard about it now from you uh, and, and Ziggy. And, and you guys have both mentioned how mm-hmm. naturally raw and funny it was. And, and the guests on there are incredible. Um, I'm all about your pick here, man, especially if you can find something that's really short print autographed with the Manning brothers on there. That's that's incredible, man. Um, I mean, you can't go wrong. It's like investing in a a Google or Amazon stock, you know,
0: (laughs) you just can't. I mean, Eli's name is never going to go away. The funny thing is, is he wasn't that great of a player. Uh, He did win two Super Bowls, but those two Super Bowl runs; those were the only two years he had a playoff win. So, you know, it was an all-or-nothing postseason uh, for him. So, it is—it is, it is very interesting looking at what he was able to accomplish as a player. But sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes it just flat out doesn't matter. You know, it, dude, just uh, your name, your buzz is what matters. And for the longest time, he was the guy in New York. So. So, yeah, Andy, this was was a a fun episode, man. I I appreciate you. Uh, For those that don't know, my computer crapped out. I had to record this whole thing on on mobile, which could be why we had the little remix in the middle. I don't know if you're going to keep that in or not. I don't know. What what do you think? (laughs) Do you think we should should keep it in to let people know that we all make mistakes, not only in the hobby, but just in, in life in general?
1: Yeah, I mean, you came back pretty quick. I mean, I was like, what was Carter going to, you know, skepticize Uh -uh. on? And I was thinking about it. And before you know it, you were back, man. You were back, man. No, Uh no. Yeah, guys, we really appreciate your support. And, um, you know, (laughs) we're not backed by a big corporation. Big sponsorship There's not a big crew back there running the show. It's just a Carter and myself. So, you know, we really appreciate your support, guys.
0: And we'll talk to you next week, baby. It's the quest. Let's go. Peace.